This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Jason Burns and Access Church in Lakeland, Florida. For more information, visit access.tv. Yeah, so good to see everybody. Good morning. If we've never met, my name is Isaiah. I'm our youth pastor here. So excited. This church is crowded today, and I love it. Give yourselves a round of applause for, yeah, for coming to church. Starting your week off the right way. I love it. I love it. Can we say a special welcome to our online church family right now? Can we make some noise for those tuning in online? So excited that you're with us. And you can be with us the whole time. So your service notes are right there. Access.tv slash info. But again, so glad that you all are here this second service of the day. We're going to continue week two of our series entitled Details. Everybody say detail. Yeah, small things that make a big difference, and I'm excited about the message. So let's pray, and then we're going to begin. By the way, I just want to let you know we're just a few weeks away from our lead pastor, Pastor Jason, coming back, and uh, he's getting rest and rejuvenated, all of that, and his family, and so I'm excited. Do you love our lead pastors? I just want to check and see if we... That's right. We love them. So, Pastor Jason, if you're watching, we love you. And Liz, the kids, we love all of you. And uh, we can't wait till you guys are back. But let's pray and let's make it happen in here. Lord, we love you. And over these next few minutes, I pray that you do something cool. Speak to us. May your voice be louder than mine. And I pray that as we leave, we'll be better and, and more change and never the same. In Jesus' name, we all said. Amen. All right. So here's what I need you to do. I need you right now to agree with me that when I put some statements on this screen in just a second, you're going to answer openly and honestly. Okay. Can you everyone raise your right hand and say, I state your name. Yeah. (laughs) We'll answer openly and honestly. Okay, online, you're not, you're not out of this. You're still with us, and so I need you to either put like a hand raise emoji or something like that. If you don't have that, just put me in the comments, something, but you need to answer openly. This is church, people, so you better not lie in church, okay? So if you agree with these statements, I need you to raise your hand. You guys ready? Let's do it. Here's the first one. Every day should have mandatory nap time. Raise your hand if you agree with that. Come on. Honestly, openly, this is true. It's not just for Sundays. I need a nap every day. Who's like me? You need a nap every day. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. You're with online. I hope you type something in the comments, but this is great. All right, number two. Raise your hand if this, I spend way too much money on Amazon.com. Come on, somebody raise that's right, that's right. Online, I see you have Amazon in the other tab. I see you. Like, like they're watching church and they're, they're shopping. And saying, so I see you. <laughs> oh, man, this, this is me as well. All right, if you agree, raise your hand. I'm addicted to my phone. Come on, just be honest. I'm addicted to my phone as well. I, I, I don't like it. This is something about myself. I, you know, we all see things in ourselves that we don't. I don't like that I'm addicted to my phone, but I am. You know, the little screen thing, weekly screen time said eight hours a day. That's crazy. But I, it's not me, though. I have kids, so I'm safe. Um, all right. <laughs> Here's the last one. Here it is. I struggle with pride. Raise your hand if you struggle with pride. Oh. Oh, got quiet in here. Okay. All right. So great news for everybody. If you just raised your hand, this message is for you today. So that, that's great news. And if you didn't raise your hand, this message is especially for you today. <laughs> so everybody's getting this message because we all struggle with pride. Last week, we talked about the detail of our thoughts. Today, I want to talk to you simply from this topic, detail of pride, the detail of pride. Now, let me give you my whole sermon in one sentence. It's in your notes online. It's there for you. Here it is. Pride is a seemingly small detail that can make a big difference in my life. Pride 
It's a seemingly small detail that can make a big difference in your life. Now, here's the deal with pride. You know, when we think of the worst things you could struggle with or battle with in this life, like some, a lot of us probably wouldn't put pride up there, but, it, but it's, it's a big deal. You know, pride is actually really sneaky, too, man. Uh, pride is crazy sneaky. Here's the deal. I would explain it like this. Like, if you are a, if you're a thief, you typically know that you're a thief. Like, you just, you just take stuff. You just steal stuff. If you struggle with some sort of thing or some sort of substance, you typically know that you do it. Like, it, it's an active thing that you know. Uh, if you're good at conning people and manipulating situ- situations and people, you, you know it. But with pride, it's, it's not so much. Some, some people that struggle the most with pride don't even know it, right? Like some people, they don't even know that they struggle with pride. Some people struggle with pride, and they underestimate how much they struggle with it. Have you ever known anybody, you've been around somebody, that you're like, yo, they're very, no, I'm just kidding, don't raise your hand, and don't point to the person next to you. Uh, that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is pride right there. But the thing about it is, like, I, I want to discover this today, because it, it's, it's a small detail. I think the enemy plays it small. The enemy, the adversary of our soul, plays it small in order for us to just kind of scoot by through life. But I think it's a big deal when it comes to God. And so I want to talk to us about what pride is, what it isn't, and then how we can move forward, how we can not feed into it. And I think it's going to be great. First and foremost, pride is this. It's an attitude of independence from God. It's in your notes. You can feel this in. Pride is an attitude of independence from God. Absolutely. Pride says this in your life that I can do this on my own. I got this. God, I don't need you. I'm good and I can do me by myself. Here's how I know this. You say, Pastor, I said, that's not me. Well, I would suggest to some degree it probably is all of us. Reality is any day that we don't carve out time for the Lord to speak to us through prayer and reading scripture, you're not just saying I don't have time for this or I don't want to do this or I don't know how to do this. You are exhibiting pride because what you're saying is, God, I don't I got this. I can do my meetings without you. I can go to school without you. I can, I can handle my life today without you, and so I don't need time with you. Pride is in all of us. Pride is an attitude of independence from God. Here's the second thing pride is. Pride is ungratefulness to God. Yeah, it's ungratefulness to God. God has blessed us so much. Would you raise your hand and say if you, that you know that you are blessed? Come on, raise your hand if you, every hand in the place online, I see it should be up because we are so blessed. I got an awesome just kind of dose of reality of how blessed we are by, by even our missions trip. We took a, a couple weeks ago to Honduras, and man, it's just crazy evident to see how much God has blessed us. But here's what pride does. Pride says, you know what? Everything I got, I deserve it. I worked hard for it. God, you were supposed to do this for me. God, you owe me. I deserve all of this. That's that's what pride is. It's an attitude of independence from God. In other words, like, I, don't, I can do all of this without you. But then also it's like, man, I, I deserve this. Even though God has blessed us so much, we think sometimes in our pride that we deserve these things. Here's, here's what it is. Thirdly, it's considering ourselves better than others. So when we look at certain people and certain people groups or, or different things like that, your story may be different from mine, but, but when we look at other people, we compare ourselves to them for the purpose of putting them down and raising ourselves up. This is, this is pride. This is the pride I'm talking about. And so it's, it's big. It's, it's in all of us. We all do this probably to some degree, probably more than we want to admit, but it's there and it's in all of us as humans. But here's what pride isn't. That's what it is. Here's what it isn't. And it's in your notes as well. Pride is not a good self-image. 
Let me tell you, church, you should have a good self-image about yourself physically. You, you should. When I look around at all the people and I look at the people God has created, man, like we physically, we are, we are God's um, creation. We are a beautiful expression of God's creation to the world. And so I, I don't know how you talk to yourself, but this morning when I got ready, I was like, man, Isaiah, you are a beautiful piece of chocolate today. Good God, I see you. Like, I just, I don't know how you talk to yourself. I, that's what I say to myself, you know. I'm just like, yo, like, but, but, but physically, like, you, you ought to be proud of the way you look. I, I know some of us aren't, but physically, like, God created you. He formed and fashioned you, and he knit you together. And so physically, we all should, we all should have a good self-image about who we are. I, I know we can make improvements, but, man, we should always know that, listen, God created us. Every person is made in God's image and his likeness. Can I hear an Amen. So you should have that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just having a good self. Spiritually, you should have a good self-image, spiritually. As you read the scriptures, you realize who you are. And that informs your identity, and that gives you a boost of confidence, a boost of, of, of hope. And so as you read that, like, you should always have a good, uh, good um, self-image about yourself spiritually. I remember growing up um, in church. Who grew up in church? Just raise your hand. Let me just see. Okay. You guys grew up in church. I grew up in church. I remember going to um, youth group every Wednesday night, and uh, we, uh, one of my youth pastors, his name was Minister Jason, and uh, if you're watching Minister Jason, love you, but I remember before we, leave, before we left, every single Wednesday night, he would make us do this like affirmation, this declaration, and I remember, I don't even need notes, I remember it because we did it every single week, we had to do it to leave, and so I remembered it, but he would made, made us say this statement, we would say, I'm the head and not the tail, I'm above and not beneath. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm salt to this earth. I'm light to the world. And I'm called to go out and, and we would all scream, make a difference. And we would scream it. And I remember all of this. And we had to say it before we left. So I remembered it partly because of that. But also now, having spent time in the, in the scriptures, now I know so much of that is Bible-based. So what I'm saying is, the pride that I want to address today is the pride that causes separation or space between us and God, but not the pride that you should have some of this. You need a little bit of pride in your life. You need to know what the scriptures say about you. Can you say amen? If you're going to walk out the purpose and the plan that God has, you need to know you, to some degree, have to have a good sense about who you are. Here's the reality. Jesus came and died for all of us. God sent his son Jesus to die for our sins. And here's the reality, church family. He didn't do that on accident. He knew what he was doing, so you're worth something. Everyone say, I am worth something. All right, so that's not, that's, not, that's not the pride I'm talking about. The other thing is this. Pride isn't a job well done. <laughs> pride is not a job well done. I don't know what job you have here that in society, whether it's um, the best job you could ever ask for or it's the job that you don't want, whether it's your dream job, whether it's somebody else's dream job and you're just doing it, like whatever it is for you in the room, we should always endeavor to do a good job with whatever God has given us. So the pride that I'm, I want to address today is, is, is not connected to this. Somebody said this, that if you're going to sweep the floors, floors, <laughs> then you should uh, sweep the corners as well. In other words, like we should do a good job. Whatever we put our hand to do, whether it's what you deem as worthy or what you think is below you, we should always endeavor to do our best. So that's not what I'm talking about. But I do want to address the pride in all of us that causes such division, division between ourselves and God. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if you're a cat lover or a dog lover. I do not like 
cats. I'm just going to be honest. I don't like cats. Los gatos son iguales a, a Satanás para mí, okay? So in Spanish, I just said cats are equal to Satan. And, and um, I think it's true. But, but I was thinking about this this week. I'm not trying to rag on your cats. If you got online, if you're sitting with your cats, I'm sorry about that. But the reality, I got to smile when I say stuff like that. But the reality is this, like, if you feed a stray, stray cat, and I've been around people that do that, it's like they're going to keep coming back. And to me, sometimes we can be feeding our pride and not even know it. Because pride is such a sneaky sin, it just kind of weaves in. Sometimes we can be feeding it and not even knowing it, and then it's just there, and then it's growing. So am I saying cats are like pride? Probably. But what I'm really trying to say is today, I want to help us uh, not feed our pride. Is that okay with you, church? <laughs> Can I help us not feed our pride? Okay, if you're going to do this, it's in your notes. The first thing, what we got to do is we got to check our ego. We got to check our ego. We have to. We have to check our ego. Now, today for the scriptures, last week I was just in one scripture. The whole time today I'm going to jaywalk through a bunch of different scriptures, and so you can read uh, all of these later. But, but in the book of Isaiah, it's a prophetic book. God is speaking to the prophet Isaiah. He speaks, therefore, to the people and says, hey, here's what God's saying, and he relays the message. And we get to Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah is talking about a mighty ruler of the day, and, and he's, he's talking about this mighty ruler who has found destruction because of his pride. And, and, and he doesn't really just focus on this guy. He looks deeper at somebody else, Satan, Lucifer, and he talks about his fall because Satan, Lucifer, before he was the adversary of our souls, he had a place, a special place in heaven, but he talks about the fall of Satan. Here it is, Isaiah chapter 14. How you have fallen from heaven. Satan was in heaven before he went down way low. But look, he says this, morning star, son of the dawn, you've been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, and then there's going to be five I will statements. This is what got Satan kicked out of heaven. These five statements right here. He says, I will ascend to the heavens. In other words, man, I'm going to go all the way. That's going to be my place of glory and honor. I will raise my throne among, uh, above the stars of God. This word really is like the angels of God. So in other words, Satan said, I'm going to be the chief angel. So I'm going to be in heaven, and this is going to be my glory, my honor, and I'm going to be the number one angel. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. In other words, this other place of, of honor and prestige. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. So even when I get to heaven, I'm still just going to continue to rise. I could be in the highest place, and I'm going to continue to rise. He says this, I will make myself like the Most High. He's equating himself to God. But then it says this, but you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Because of all this, God kicked him out of heaven. Satan tried to usurp God's throne in the worship that only should belong to the Lord. What we learn from this is that, man, we got to check our ego. I think one of the reasons why God hates pride is because it reminds him of Lucifer. It reminds him of the adversary of our souls. Proverbs 16.5 says this, the Lord detests. Everyone say detests. Detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. 
So keep this for here. This word detest, I highlighted it because you need to understand this word also can be like abomination. Uh, and this is a, a word that really means it's a disgusting thing. It's a, it's a, um, a stench to a holy God. It, God doesn't like this. This is, this is nasty to him. It says the Lord it, it detests. It's nasty. It's a disgusting thing. Everybody who's proud in heart, that's disgusting to him. And it says all the proud of heart. Uh, of heart. So if it's just a person that's prideful, that's nasty to God. He doesn't like it. If it's a whole generation, if it's a nation, if it's a group, it doesn't matter. Everybody who is proud of heart, God, that's nasty. He doesn't like him. He doesn't like it. He just can't get with it. Not only that, but they will not go unpunished. Okay, so here it is in your notes. Getting rid of pride means keeping my ego in check. If I'm going to keep this thing that we call pride not fed and not getting bigger and stronger, not giving it nutrients and value, man, I'm going to have to keep my ego in check. Here's the reality. We all have an ego, and we all should have one. But the trick is keeping it in balance and keeping it in check. And and it's for your benefits, for my benefit, but then it's also for the benefit of others. So I I thought about this little illustration I want to bring you this morning. I hope it will aid me in, in teaching this, but... I made like a little stick figure this morning. I wasn't really good at art class. I flunked out. But, um, you know, I did my best this morning. So this little guy, I'm going to just call him Mr. Sunday. Everybody say, hello, Mr. Sunday. Yeah. Oh, it's Mr. Sunday. Now, let's say I created him this morning, by the way, at like 7.30. So this morning I created him. Now, let's say that this guy leaps off this page. He becomes real, and, and he, he, he becomes just as real as you and I, and he starts to live his life how he wants, when he wants, because he wants, at his own pace, and he does his own thing. Now, got to tell you this again. I made him this morning. I created Mr. Sunday this morning. How do you think that I'll feel if he just comes alive and says, all right, peace, I can do me, I can, I can live my life, I don't need you anymore, and, I, and he goes about his life? I mean, I'll feel a little bit upset. I'll feel a little bit hurt. I'll be like, wait a second, I created you, and now you're living your own way. Okay, how do you think God feels when we, as his creation, live our lives in a prideful and arrogant way? When we let pride seep into our hearts, it's as if we're saying to our creator, I don't need you. I I can do this without you. Hold on. We were created by who? God. So to then turn around in some arrogant and prideful way, live our life, how do you think God's feel? What do you think that does to the heart of God? Now, I'm not trying to smack you around this morning. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to pick you up. But here's the reality. Like, we have to think about this. Our ego has to be in check. This is hard to do, no doubt. But we have to keep our ego in check and not feed our pride. It's for our own benefit. It's so that our relationship with God and our right standing with God can be clear and, and there's no space between us and God and I are doing this thing and, and he's speaking to me and I'm speaking to him and we have a tight relationship. It's for our own benefit that we keep our ego in check. Can somebody say amen? I know this is a little bit, it's not popular. I know it got quiet in here, but it's true. It's going to help us. It, it, it helps me. But it's for the benefit also of those around us. Here's what I mean. We have people that exist in this world. You may or may not be one, but we have people that haven't talked to family members in years because of pride, because there were some things said and some things done that maybe shouldn't have been said or done, but because of pride, they haven't been able to mend that broken relationship. Pride hurts relationships. Pride burns gaps. 
and these bridges that we have. Pride burns those, gap, or those bridges. So it's for our own benefit that we keep our ego in check so that, so that our relationship with God can be clear, but then our relationships with others are clear as well. And if you're in that scenario, in that situation, uh, I'm not belittling you, and I don't want to look down on that situation, but I just want to say at the root of all of these things, arguments and dissensions and bickering and fighting, at the root, somewhere pride is there. Somewhere pride is, is moving around. We, we can't feed into pride. So, so that's one of them. We can't feed into pride. But here's this. Number two, we got to know our limits. If I'm not going to feed pride, I, I have to know my limits. I do. I have to know my limits. Bible says this in James. James is writing concerning the goodness of God, and he says this. Every, not some, not a little bit, not half. No, no, no. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So hold this here. What he's saying is God is good and God is always good and God is faithful and God is steadfast. And he's a God that we can put our trust and our hope in and we can, we can hold on to him because he doesn't change. Now let's go back one more. Let's go back. Yes, he says that every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from where? Coming down from where? From the Father. So everything good in your life doesn't come from all of your hard work. I, I know we want to work hard. We want to achieve things, and we want to reach a certain level or status, and we want to do all that. And I think that's awesome, but the reality is pride will tell you that you did this and not God. Pride will tell us that you're working hard, and, and, and you don't need this, and you're doing your thing, and, and, and it's all about you, but it's really not every good. If, if something's good in your life, we know it's from God because James says this, every good and perfect. Who do you think gave you the skills to do what you're doing? Who do I think gave me the skills to do what I'm doing? It is God. Everything good and perfect, it comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights. And, and he doesn't change. He's, he's faithful and he's steadfast. So here's the deal. We have to know our limits. We have to know that, that man, like, we're, we're not infinite. We are finite people. David said it this way in Psalms 103. I told you I'm jaywalking today, so you got to read all these later. But it says this. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. Remember, because he formed and fashioned us and created us. He, he did all of that. He remembers that we are dust. So look at your neighbor on the right and just say, hello, Dusty. <laughs> Woo, somebody's going to fight in here. All right, look at your neighbor and say, hello, Dusty. Yeah. Okay, all of us are just dust. I'm not putting us down. I'm just saying simply that pride will have us thinking that we are bigger than what we are. But us compared to our creator, man, there is no, there's no, it's not even a match. It's not even close. Not at all. Pride has us thinking that, you know what, you could be ungrateful to God because this is all about you anyway. But that's, that's not true. We're, we're limited. Here it is for your notes. We as humans, we have limits. We do. It's that simple. We all have limits. I think God can do something incredible and something amazing with a person that knows their limits, that knows that they don't get too big for their britches, as like my, my parents would say. Like, like they, they just know their role and they play their role, okay? I, I think God can do something incredible and spectacular in that person's life, in the humble man or woman, boy or girl, in the humble, in the heart of the humble. If we're humble in heart, man, I think God can do something incredible because we know 
man, my ego is in check, and I have limits. I'm not too big for this thing. At the end of the day, I'm just human. I'm just dust. You may be good-looking dust, but you're just dust, okay? You may look good today, but you're just We're all just, just dust. Okay, my favorite NBA team is the Cleveland Cavaliers. And so um, somebody booed me last service, so thank you so much for not booing me. I appreciate that. Anyway, that's my team. And I remember um, years ago watching an NBA game, and there was a guy who was like a, a bench player. He wasn't that good. And um, I remember he had a crazy breakout game. He was the reason why we won that particular game. And I remember afterwards, the, the reporter said, um, they said, hey, hey, how did you, what did your coach tell you? How did you perform like that? What was it like? Just, man, you killed it today. It was awesome. And he said, this. He said, you know, before the game, my coach told me, be a star in my role. And if I could just play my role and just be a star in that, man, I'll have success. And I thought that's a great picture of how we ought to live our lives. Like, we should know our role in relationship to God. Again, I'm not putting us down, but I'm just saying, compared to God, we are just dust. And pride will come in and try to pump us up bigger than what we need to be. We need to say, no, 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 no. I'm just a star in my role. Whatever God has put in my hand, whatever he's given me, whatever he's blessed me with, the skills and the abilities that I have, man, I'm going to use them for his glory. But at the end of the day, man, I have limits. I'm not this unlimited being. He is, but I'm not. Is this making sense to you, church? Am I helping you out this morning? This is big, man. This is, this is big. The third thing is this. If you want to keep pride, not fed, starving pride, we have to imitate Jesus. This is probably the most important. We have to imitate Jesus. Check this out. Jesus is God 100% and man 100%. Nobody else been like that. I'm not like that. You're not like that. Jesus comes down and he lives this amazing, extraordinary, incredible life, okay? And, and Jesus does this. And even he demonstrated humility. He demonstrated humility. One of the last things he did before leaving, he washed his disciples' feet. What was he doing? He was just showing them, this is how you ought to serve one another. And he became humble. Probably the biggest way that he became humble is by leaving heaven, his throne and his place, his position, his rank in heaven, and coming down to earth to mess with people like us and just to, to show us the way and to model us the way. So if we're going to keep pride at bay, man, we have to imitate the life of Jesus. I don't have time to go through all the areas where this is shown in Scripture, so I just picked one. It's Matthew chapter 9, verse 10 through 12. It says this. This is during Jesus' ministry. It says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners. I highlighted this. Tax collectors, back in the day, they, were, they robbed people, man. They, they, they took people's money and put it in their pockets, and they were messed up. And sinners, they came and they ate with him and his disciples, talking about Jesus. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? You hear the pride in that. On hearing this, Jesus said, it's, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. What I want you to see is that these people, these Pharisees, they were look, you feel the pride in that? They're looking down on, on people because of things that they've done. And, and Jesus, they, they, they totally missed it. They totally missed the point. Jesus was saying, no, I'm here and to make my family bigger and to bring people into my family. I'm not here just to hang out with certain people here and certain people there. Man, I'm here to do a work way bigger than you can even see right now. So I'll be honest with you, church. Here's, here's what I think about. I think about so many times Jesus was, was around people that maybe other people said, yeah, why is, he, why is he doing that? He was around women. He was a Jew, but he was around Samaritans, so he crossed some, some cultural lines there. 
I think about times when, when he hung out with people that had a checkered past. It doesn't mean that he, he um, agreed with everything that they did, but he, he accepted people. We know that Jesus was around children. Like, he, he was just with everybody. He was with people who were the highest of society, and then he took time to hang out with people that were the lowest of society. Like, like Jesus did it. So everybody was accepted by Jesus, but here's the question, family, I got to ask you, is everyone accepted by you? Like, where's your pride as it relates to the people that you hang out with? Pride will tell you that you're better than certain people. Nobody was above Jesus. Jesus said, I'm here with everybody. I don't agree with everyone. I don't sign off on everything everyone's doing, but everyone's welcome to be around me. So, So where are you? People that talk different and act different and look different. People that come from a background that is vastly different than yours, are they accepted by you? People that that are black and people that are white and Latino and Asian and and mixed race people, are they welcomed around you? People that do things that you would say, I would never do that. People that don't vote like you. Do you get the picture that I'm trying to paint family? Like Jesus was around everybody. Not saying he agreed with everybody. Many times Jesus said, don't do this anymore. But go ahead, you know, but he didn't excuse people from his prayer. He said, hey, change your way, but you're welcome to be around me. The thing is, if we want our pride not to rule our lives, man, we're going to have to imitate Jesus. So let me say it like this. Jesus's life, or we can go back, sorry. Jesus's life is the best example of getting rid of pride. It is. It's the best example. You want a life to look at, you look at Jesus. He modeled this so well. He wasn't independent from his father. He knew that, that he had limits, but listen, he was around everybody. Man, and, and, and he didn't consider himself better. He could have, but he, he just didn't do that. And so often we do that with people, man. We, we look down on people and things. So often we do that. And here's the reality. If you're too busy looking down on people and things, you can't look up to God. If we're going to imitate the life of Jesus, we can't simultaneously Look down on everybody else and look up to God. Somebody need to take a picture of this right here. I feel it got quiet in here. Somebody take a picture of this. This is so big because so many of us, we do that. So many of us, we live our life with this prideful uh, attitude, and, and it's not good, and God doesn't want that for us. God wants us and to be looking at him and not be worried about everybody else's lane and putting people in their place and putting people down. God doesn't want that. So here's what I want to do in just our last few moments together. I want to put some handles on this, make this super practical so you can practice this whole message this week, uh, today, whenever you need it. So here it is. A couple things. Number one, here's what I want you to do. Ask God to forgive you. I'll be honest, even prepping this message, there were so many times I, I had to stop and pause and say, God, forgive me. There are thoughts that I've had. I didn't even, some of them I knew, but some of them I didn't even know. But when I look at it, pride is at the bottom, and, and that is just wrong. Forgive me, God, for any of, anything in my soul, my spirit, my heart, my mind, my, my actions that's, that's prideful. Man, forgive me. The Bible says this in, in James 4, 6. I put the message version because I love this. It says it's common knowledge. In other words, everybody knows this, that God goes against the willful proud. God gives grace to the willing 
humble. This is so big. This word, I highlighted it against because you got to see this. This word in the original language is not um, like God doesn't like. No, it is, it's a graphic and strong. This is a military word in the original language. It means like when one army gathers around its enemies and they're about to do some business. That's what this means. So in other words, God is going against, God is standing against those that are proud. Let me ask you a question. If you and God face off, who wins? Not you. I love you. You look good from this way, but not you. If I face off against God, who wins? Nobody. How do I get to that place where I'm in opposition, when I'm standing against God? It's when I am willfully proud. God doesn't like this. Remember I told you, it's disgusting to him. It's, it's an abomination. He doesn't like, it's a disgusting thing. It's a stench to him. He's going against people that are proud. And if you're thinking to yourself, man, my neighbor really needs to hear this message. You're being proud right now. Oh, I just spit. Oops. Um, like, you see this? God goes against that. Like, he's, he's not with that. He's wearing the uniform of the other team that you're going to, to face off against. He's, a, he's your adversary. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be an enemy of the everlasting God. I don't want to stand in opposition to him. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to put myself in a position where it's me and God because he wins each and every day. I have limits. He doesn't, and, and I don't want that. So ask God to forgive you, not just so you don't have to be against him, but also so he can be with you. Man, like, pray and ask God, be with me. Isaiah 57, 7, uh, 15, we don't have time to read it today, but it says that God lives in heaven, and he lives in, in eternity, but he also lives in those that are contrite, in, in a contrite spirit, and a lowly spirit. But, so I, it's not that I just don't want to be God's enemy. That's, that's true. But man, I, I, more than that, I want God to be with me. Church family, do you want God to be with you? Do you want God to dwell with you? Then we have to pay attention to the detail of pride. So I'm just saying this, God, forgive me for any areas that I've been pride, prideful. Here's the second thing. Be watchful. I told you pride is... Pride is sneaky. It'll creep up on you. Sometimes if you're not even careful, you're feeding it and it's growing. You got to be watching. You got to be on the lookout for pride. I want this message to mess you up this week. I want you to be messed up in your head this whole week in Jesus' name. Because um, <laughs> I want you to now be like, yo, like now I'm on the lookout. Now I'm seeing like all these areas that are, that's, that's how I was this week. So I need you to join me on the journey. This whole week, I'm like, man, God, there's so many areas that I've been prideful and I didn't even know it some of it I knew and I'm like yo it's time to cut it out come on church this is what we have to we have to be on the lookout for all of these areas this area of pride and lastly here it is we have to live differently now that we've heard it now we know now we're responsible for what we know so now we have to live differently so if you ever find yourself in Publix where shopping's a pleasure if you're online you've never been to Publix you gotta come to the south it's nice anyway you go to Publix and you see somebody's pressed for time and I know you had that position you've been waiting in line but you see they're in a hurry now we gotta live differently now it's time to let them go in front of us now when you're corrected for something you did wrong or something you could do better now instead of letting pride bubble up and defending yourself now here's what I want you to do Take the correction. Yeah, take the correction. And now, when, when you're tempted to talk when you shouldn't talk, now we let humility rule us, and now we, we calm it down. 
We know. Now, when we're tempted to say, yeah, I, don't, I can do this without God. I don't need to pray about this. Man, I'm good. No, no, no. Now, God, I want to be totally dependent on you. This pride thing is not worth it. I don't want to be against you. I want to be with you. I want you to be inside of me. I want you to dwell within me. Man, this, this is how we do it. Because here's the deal. Pride's a small detail but it'll make a big difference in your life. Church family, did I help you this morning? Did this help you? Come on, anybody, did this help you? Man, I think we all, I need this. Man, we all need this. Let me pray over you, bow your heads, and we're going to be dismissed. Have a great day. Jesus, we love you. We can't thank you for all that you do for us. Collectively, Lord, as a church family, we're coming and saying, we're sorry. Sorry for any areas of our life, of our spirit, of our heart, of our soul that have been infected and infested with pride. Would you do an awesome work and take that away? This week, would you help us be better than we ever have been before? Let us imitate your son, Jesus, and demonstrate great humility to, to you in relationship to you and our, our, our relationship with you one-on-one and to those around us. Let us be humble people. We know the Bible says this, that if we humble ourselves, in due time, you will lift us up. So we're putting that in your hands. You lift us up when you see fit. We don't want to lift ourselves up. Let us eliminate and address this issue of pride in our life.